Welcome, everyone. This week's episode of Two Season Pod is brought to you in part by Meat Diapers. Ever find yourself running late at the grocery store and your kid's daycare calls you saying, Hey, where are you? You're hours late. Your kid's crying. So you hop in your car, drive as fast as you can to the daycare center. When a policeman pulls you over, asks for your license, registration, and why there is a sopping bag of blood in your back seat. That's right, everyone. Avoid problems just like this with meat diapers. Coming to your neighborhood. Continuing tonight on two C's in a pod. 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's in a Man, I'm feeling great, Cam. You're listening to Two Season Pod, of course. My name is Cameron Osborne. I'm sitting here. There's Cameron LeClaire. I'm not even going to let you finish. Cam, I feel great that um, it's, it, it, you know, it's later on in the afternoon and nigh a short month and a half ago, it would be pitch black by now. But I feel like the sun is shining. The, uh, the sun is bouncing off of that snow and back into my face and I can see you ever so clearly. Uh, now you can talk. How's my hair look? It looks fantastic, Cam. It looks like you uh, may have had some kind of uh, a gel um, give put into it. Maybe a spray, a mousse, something of that, something of that effect. Well, the thing is, I'm Cam McClare, by the way. Um, I've recently, I've always used to buy cheap hair product, and then. The barbers that I went to used this expensive stuff, and it always looked good after the barbers. So I said, why don't I spend a little more on my hair product and see if it's actually good? Like, I spent $30 on a tub of hair product, which I thought was like, this seems bananas. Of course, you know, and uh, I think, Cam, I think this goes along with, you know, we're, uh, you know, a few short days away from you moving homes. And with the much larger space, you have enough space for a full multiple bath- hair products for uh, this, uh, especially when their containers are the size of a bathtub. Uh, it's not that big. It's quite small, actually. That's the problem with hair product is they don't come in large sizes. No, they don't. Com- uh, they don't. So, so you're telling me they don't come in tubs. Well, small tubs, not, oh, I see. What like the kind there. of tub you can wash a dog in, maybe the kind of tub that you would flip upside down and then put a broom pole on and then a little string and then play that like boom, 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 like the old bass like that, like a little tub. What, when fat people walk by, the boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom, maybe boom, like boom. a little tub that you would take uh, apple picking with. I guess that would be more of a basket. I think that's when you put a blindfold on, you put your head in the water trying to get an apple. Yes, yeah, apple you're bobbing. bobbing for apples in a little tub, uh, but you're saying your hair care product is probably smaller than any of these tubs that we've mentioned before. Uh, yeah, a little bit. We're probably talking about, um, you know, 70 grams. So this is more like a bowl. A little bowl. Sure. I mean, yeah, and then, we're, we're and really getting the weeds here. We really are, Cam. Please do not mention the name of this product, of course, um, because unless you are officially licensed with Two Season a Pod, we are not just going to name drop other podcasts or other goods and services uh, unless we see a little bit of something something. Well, you're lucky I can't remember it because I would have. 
That's um, fantastic. Good thing I caught you right before uh, can we, shit so hit we, the fan. We got, we got a live reaction here, Cam. Um, the news just dropped that you're, you're staying under stay-at-home orders for a while. Uh, Tell us how you feel. No different than I felt two months ago. No different than I probably felt six months ago. No, no sense of like, fuck, I can't believe they did this. Was it shocking to you? Well, Are Cam, you I think what you have to remember is that like, you know, we are in, you know, be, being located in different spots of the world uh, means different things, right? For, uh, you, you were you were absolutely crushed when your Muay Thai studio shut down. It's still uh, shut down. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. Right? Um, I haven't played uh, rec basketball since last March. Because nothing's been open, so I think uh, the, the the gravity of everything for you and I are different, right? I mean, I don't care about going to a bar to get a beer because I haven't gone to to a bar to get a beer since maybe May. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, we kind of have you. we kind of have these little apples and oranges. Where to me, this is just life now. Right. Uh, you know, and you know, this is what I call life and where to you, you know, the situations, uh, would be a little different. Well, I don't know if you'll be pissed off me saying this, but I went out to eat at a restaurant today inside. N- no, I'm not. I don't care. Surprised. I went to the mall yesterday. Why would you go to the mall? See, it's gotten uh, to the point now where you go, you've, you, you, where you've gone so many months. Just to kind of go. With, where you, well, but see, the thing is, when you go so many months without going to a restaurant, and you go so many months without paying for drinks at the bar, you start to realize, why the fuck was I doing this in the first place? I can probably make a much healthier meal at home by myself, and I can probably pay much less for drinks uh, by myself. You know, it's not as if I'm going to be going to a bar with 45 Five different people anyways no you're going to the bar with three people so it's like great what the fuck am i really missing here uh we might as well just drink whiskey and you know i can't go to the bar and drink crown royal right out of the bottle they tell you no they tell you sir you have to leave sir why are you coyote ugly dancing on the bar in your little boots and your little and your little jean shorts and i, I if i want to do that I, I i i can't do that in public but i can do that in the, in the privacy of my own home well, Kitchener has very different rules about da- dancing coyote ugly style. Kitchener but, uh, also has very different rules about um, uh, heroin needles. I remember uh, going to a particular destitute area of Kitchener one time when I was working landscaping, Cam, when you and I were living together. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking I was raking up leaves and I just found this big old pile of heroin needles. And, you know, was it on someone's property? It was on someone's. It was in the back of like a, it was on like the lawn of a. Um, like an apartment complex and um, oh, okay and that you, makes sense and you know they're not diabetic needles um i think because diabetics well, mostly hold on to their needles from well, they put uh, them in a little jar or yeah something like that. they have like a little carrying case like you would have for your glasses um just something that's a little more reasonable some, it's a little more reasonable i mean i guess it's, it could be the same uh needle for, for all i know but yeah I, that's exactly it that's exactly it cam different rules Different rules. No, I think still think we're not allowed to do that here. It's just uh, who restricts it more. No, anyway. you guys aren't allowed to do heroin in uh, in Kitchener. I thought you guys were uh, the H capital of of Canada. No, I realized we're the eighth most expensive place to live in in Canada, though. The other day, from a news report. Ooh, I did hear so. one the other day that uh, Kitchener Waterloo is the highest grow uh, highest. Um, 
kind of, uh, or the population is growing the most year by year than anywhere else in Canada. Really? Oh no, we're the new Milton. Ugh, I think gross. I saw that. You got well. I mean, you keep going down that highway of heroes. Nobody wants to stop in Guelph. Uh, and no, just keep just keep going. That's right. I said it. Wow, <laughs> hot take coming off of Camel Claire here. Uh, I didn't actually. I don't actually think Guelph is that bad. Bunch of hippies there. Oh, it's okay. And vegans got a stuff, good river. But, got a good river. I'll uh, give it that. Other than that, I mean, I don't think I have anything against Guelph. Not as strongly as you do, at least. Uh, yeah, actually, I think I, I hate Fergus and Alora more because hmm. we played a lot of hockey against them. Of growing course, up, of and, course. Uh, no one likes going to their barn, you know. Dirty players, whole uh, town, shit. I bet, I bet, I bet. Wow, Cam, a lot of uh, a lot of hate coming out of you uh, early on in the show. Yeah, hey, what can you do? What can you do, Cam? Well, I, I think we got a big sh- we got a big show ahead of us. We got we got games to play. We got prop bets to make. We got top five lists. We have we bets. Got, Jesus, oh, we got Christ, bets. We, we got bets. bets. But uh, I before for this. we do anything, okay, okay, we got to check the notes. Notes. We got some notes. We got some notes. 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 We got some notes. There it we is. We gotta check Cam. the notes. We gotta check the notes. The notes are very important. Uh, Intern. Now! We're still looking for interns. Send us your application to seasonapod at gmail.com. Cam, the first note was the the Sunday scaries. Uh, one of these little kind of like dumb internet terms that kind of came around. And what the fuck does it actually mean? Well, Cam, it, uh, it all just kind of involves the dread that occurs on Sunday. It's like the perfect Venn diagram of being hungover, uh, the anxiety that you have to face because the work week is about to start, and the dread that, you know, it's Sunday and your weekend is over. Uh, all we could really find was that back in, um, the first kind of recorded use of it was 2009, uh, and somewhere in the New York City area but yeah still very much a thing that young people say there's even a brand of CBD gummies called the Sunday scaries to help you to help is to release the scaries or the scaries the scaries the scaries the scaries uh next coming up on our notes um we're talking about corking bats can't remember how it came up last week, but uh, it was the conversation. Of course, you don't know if you if you watch baseball, you know you cork a bat, uh, and the idea was that you hollow out your bat, you replace it with cork or another lighter material, and that in fact um, it would kind of create a trampoline effect when you're hitting the ball, and the ball would bounce off and maybe go further. That's actually not the case, of course. It was actually a myth that was busted back in 2007 by those busters of myths. Jamie uh, Hyman and Adam Savage. Is that guy with the mustache? Guy with the bald guy with the mustache and ginger with the glasses. Um, so what they kind of concluded was that it does not actually create any kind of bouncing effect. Uh, and it actually uh, wouldn't even create uh, for a um, you know a harder shot or harder bat at all you know because uh, by lightening the bat by any amount you're reducing the velocity in which the ball can leave the bat you know yeah you might feel it lighter in your hand and feel like you can swing faster but that actually won't have anything to do with it 
The only advantage they could slightly find, would that be with a lighter bat, there would be a small advantage um, that would allow the batter to delay their swing just for a fraction of a second, which could possibly create more accuracy when CC Sabathia is throwing a 92 mile per hour slider right down the middle. You need no to be one throws 92 mile hour sliders. Get it out of town. See, here. I bet C. The- no. Have you seen his gut? Have you seen CC's gut when you put the amount of weight behind that shot? Um, but. You're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to do it in those major leagues. Uh, The rule came in in 1970 was the you're not allowed to cork your bat rule. And ever since then, only six players have actually been caught for corking their bat. Uh, Only for a total of 50 games suspended. Kind of like 10 10 to 8 games each person. Uh, So it doesn't... People don't get caught too often, but that isn't to say that it doesn't happen more often than we hear. Um, two notes on that. Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage are no longer friends. It's a little fun fact. And the <laughs> fastest slider is Jacob DeGrom at 93 miles per hour. So you were right. I don't think CC's thrown that heat, though. So let's uh, take you know a little, little step back. Well, maybe like Cleveland one. Indians, CC Sabathia. Not, none of this. None of this. I'm, I'm putting on the pinstripes. Now all of a sudden, uh, I'm the best pitcher in the world. We're talking OG, the Cleveland baseball team. Uh, <laughs> CC Sabathia. And our final note for the week actually came from one of our news stories uh, last week um, involving the father and daughter who wanted to get married and went to Virginia to get the marriage license where it turns out it's no. And I think we did ask ourselves, you know, where is it legal to marry your father or mother? In that case, you know, gay, straight. We're not judging over here. If you want to marry your parents, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not even judging nobody. Go for it. You know, and of course, uh, there are different definitions of marriage legality um, between parents and child uh, for each country. The laws are often defined by the degree of relationship between both the consenting parties. What everybody agrees on is that they have to be consenting adults. That's what every country agrees when it comes to things like marriage. Um, but it's the degree of separation. For example, identical twins share 100% DNA. They're identical twins, where third cousins only share 0.78% of the same DNA. So most countries actually draw the line where the two parties share 25% of the same DNA or higher uh, is what you're not allowed to do. Um, And this is including countries, first world countries like Canada, first world countries like the United States. Sorry, I got to call my aunt or my cousin Susie. You said third rule, the third away is 7.8? Yeah, so third, third cousin, you're good. Okay, yeah, I, I'll take this call later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, call call her a bit later, you know, um, and everything like that. But uh, so twenty five ants. So twenty five percent or higher. So you share twenty five percent of DNA uh, between a grandparent and grandchild. That's twenty five percent. Half siblings, uh, aunts and uncles with their niece and nuff and nephews, and also double first cousins. So your first cousin uh so all of those relationships are 25 percent or higher so you would need to fall below that bracket in order to legally marry uh somebody in your family but let's just get right to it um incest between father and daughter is legal in argentina belgium brazil china france Israel, Ivory Coast, Japan, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Portugal, Russia, Russia, Slovenia, South Korea, Spain, Thailand, and Turkey. 
so I think you know, kind of what our 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 um our news story the other week. I think the only problem was that they 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 went from West Virginia to Normal Virginia. You know, hop on a plane south if you want to marry your daughter. Let's go to Brazil. No rules. No rules down there. And I think that is one of the only scenarios where you can get the I'm my own grandpa is if you marry your own daughter. Yeah, yeah. I was I I kept looking. Did you look up? Yeah, did you look into the diagrams here? I what what the specifics of relationships of who you're of, allowed of how to be your own if you how to, if you want to be your own grandpa, how do you become your own grandpa? Well, your father has to marry the daughter, the widow has to marry the grandpa, the grandpa has to be the father of the father, and the wife has to be the daughter, and the mother has to be the widow of the daughter of the son. See? Quite comp, quite simple. It's very and then you're on your own grandpa. It is very very simple. Um and throughout all this research, I tried to find if there was like an Oedipus Rex kind of uh asterisk that would kind of allow a child to marry his mother. I uh, couldn't really find it. I think that's what makes that story such a tragic tale. Um but we're uh, we're still looking. It would have been nice to have it framed like the Oedipus rule. Like like What's Oedipus? It's a uh, classic tale of a man who kills his father and or inadvertently kills his father and then inadvertently marries his mother and has children with her. Ah, uh, the class the tale as old as time, as they say. It actually is. It was a uh, Greek tragedy written by somebody many, many years uh, before Christ uh, burst his head out of uh, Mary's placenta, uh, out of her, you know, vaginal canal. Like I said, old as time. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the notes for the week. Yeah, that's what we got. That's what we got for uh, for all the action this week. A lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. Informative, well, speaking, I think, which is more than anything else. And I think, yeah, that's that's what people come to the show for yeah. is being informed of the things we were wrong before about. It's called growth, people. Yeah. It's called growth. It's called growing. It's not called killing time on a podcast. No, it's called personal growth. It's called personal growth, and that's why I set aside three hours a day for personal growth, yeah. a.k.a. lunch. All right. Well, um, speaking of action... Not we yet. have some uh, bets. We got to make some bets here. We're oh. play the theme. Play the theme, Joe. Place your Double bets. Seven. Place your bets. Don't forget One. To tip all your bets dealer. on the table. No all bets on he the table. Wins again. Lucky number Get out seven. of here, Sonny. This is the high rollers table. We we played it. Brand new theme. Hope you all liked it. Uh, Cam, this is fantastic. Of course, um, we've been uh, laying down some wagers for some obscure things that have occurred in the past. You know. It's, it's easy to bet on who's going to win one of your UFC matches. It's fun to uh, guess how it's going to go down. But, uh, Cam, I'm prepared for what you've got for me this week. So this one is sports-related again, but it's not the outcomes. It's about what goes on in the bouts. As you may know, you probably don't, Derek R- Lewis, the Black Beast, is fighting against Curtis Razor Blades. The nickname I'm not going to comment on. Anyway, so if your last name, if your last name is Blades, you have you have the op you you you're allowed to call yourself Razor. Sharp, yeah, I guess. Sharp, um, another good one. Yeah. Anyway, so two heavyweights, uh, one a strong wrestler, and one uh, has literally knockout king tattooed on his chest. Wow. First prop bet of the day. Does this fight go the distance? Headline, or sorry, is uh, it's a head head. It's the headline event of the night. That's what I meant to say. 
Okay, okay. One thing I love about a couple of these prop bets things that we've done, I love it when I come into it with absolutely zero knowledge. I of gave you all everything you need. Either to know. players One, involved. One thirty. Curtis Blades is thirty. Derek Lewis is thirty-six. I think he's won every fight by knockout except for one. And then Curtis Blades uh, is not one of maybe one or two by knockout, but mostly by decision or submission. Okay, okay. Uh, so having absolutely zero knowledge of either people, uh, there is no tail of the tape going on in front of uh, in front of my face for sure. So I'm gonna say no. So it does not go. <clears throat> No distance. Great. And I'm going to say it goes the distance. All right. Great. I'm excited to watch. Next up, as we've all seen over the past week, hell has frozen over in Texas. Being mm -hmm. that Derek Lewis is a man from Houston, does anyone in the post-fight interview give a shout-out to Houston or the people <coughs> of Texas as they are freezing and dying? I don't know. Um, I don't know how often it is for uh, um, fighters to comment on politics. You know, that's the type of thing where, like, an artist, a musician, or an actor, if they're receiving an award, they may uh, be bringing awareness to something that is a social issue. I'm not sure how clued in people who get hit in the head for a living are to social action. I might stop you there. <laughs> when I mean it's freezing over, I mean it snowed there in the purse, the burst pipe, the mm -hmm. pipe burst. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Not oh, really I, a social, I know not really a social issue. I'd say more of a well, yeah, well, well issue. you know, but it, but it is a social political uh, problem, you know, because um, you know, the it's a social problem. Ma I many, guess. many, yeah. I would, many, I would say state, like many state you know, funds someone and... that got fired for being trans is a social issue. Yes, the whole place not being able to have power because of a blackout more of a physical issue that you have to deal with however uh the state government coming in to the aid of those uh or not coming to the aid of those who are needed suddenly it's a political issue again uh so i'm gonna say no that's just my no all right interesting yeah uh i feel like it's a big enough deal where you know because there's no one to blame i mean of course you can point fingers all day but because you don't expect uh, snow in Texas, I don't think. Nope. Maybe like the, yeah, I don't think maybe like maybe. the absolute north kind of part. Right. Maybe. I have this uh, this coworker from Texas, and they every time that it snows, they're like, "Oh, it's so beautiful! It's so beautiful!" And now I feel like they'll never say that again because they've been out of power for like a week and out of water for several days. Maybe. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're 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 not gonna build for cold if it's never cold. I remember I was in Atlanta the day that uh, a day that it snowed three centimeters, and uh, it was a snow day for all the kids. Um, tractor or like you know plow tractors and salt on every single street. The nobody has winter tires. You don't have winter tires if you live in Atlanta. Why the fuck would you waste money on something? I hear you. You know, so uh, it's similar. It's the reason I, I have to buy sweatshirts. I've also heard similar cases. You know, if you um in Vancouver. Just because, same thing, it doesn't snow too much. If they get hit with 10 centimeters of snow, they're fucked. Uh, where we get hit with 10 meters of snow, you're fucked. We call but Tuesday. Exactly. You kind of deal with it. We've, you know, we've been dealing with a lot of snow lately. I mean, hell, it's snowing right now. Yeah. Uh, 
Mm, a little bit. Yeah, last prop bet of the day. Knockdown count. Not knockouts, knockdown count. One and a half, over under. I'll give you the uh, the liberty because you know nothing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, of course, this is just for the main... We're still talking about the main event. This is all... Just the main event. This is all main event related. Uh, you know, people, you fall down and then you get back up. That's like the song. You know, you get knocked down. I'll get knocked down. And then you get up again. Called? And how many times does he sing that? He sings, I get knocked down and I get up again. And I'm going to beat me down. Never, I get knocked down and I get, get up again. He says it at least two times a chorus. Uh, look at that guy getting knocked up and getting back up uh, all over the place. So I'm going to say it definitely happens uh, more. All right. I will take the under. And we'll... Uh, good. So we got three bets coming off for the week this week. Uh, tune in. Well, I guess you've already seen it, folks, because it's happening last two days ago. So um, at this point, me and Ke- I'm either rich or poor. Yeah. <laughs> at, th- at this point... At this point, you've either gone three and zero or zero for three, or one and two, or two and one. Or two and one. I guess those would be our kind of four Th- options there. Those are the options. Yes. Well, let's keep plowing ahead now that we've uh, got the, got the gambling niche out. Yeah, because Cam, you um, you 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 recently kind of uh, expressed concerns regarding the uh, plentifulness of our bottomless piggy bank. Of course, we have a big porcelain pig. Uh, it's giant, and he's uh, he's bottomless. He has his pants pulled around his ankles, exposing his bottom. Um, and you've expressed concerns that maybe our bottomless piggy bank isn't as bottomless as we once thought it was. No, and I, I think we he's scratching always his neck. He's scratching you his really neck. Try and- you try and explain to me that it is a uh, a literal bottomless piggy bank. I th- keep thinking it's figurative. The mm. idea of it. No, no, no. Um, we uh, it was designed specially for us, of course. Um, it's 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 massive. It's massive and it's bottomless. Good to know. Um, well, uh, hopefully we'll be able to dip back into those because uh, things are falling apart. Things are rich or poor. That's what they say if you're a gambler. Is that what they say? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I think the propensity for uh, gambling, like high level poker players, to go bankrupt is very high. Yeah, I wonder. They go in cycles. Yeah, I wonder how many people. uh, I guess you know if you're if you're if you're a competitive poker player or something. Like you have to have an addiction of some kind, right? Or are you just at that point an athlete? You know, where does uh, and uh, you know? I mean, we always look at gambling addiction as something that's terrible that you do all the time. Uh, similar to you would say, like addiction of a drug or alcohol. You know, drinking alcohol is fine, but if you're doing it all the time, it's fucking terrible. However, when we call, talk about something like a gambling addiction, you'd almost say to yourself like, gambling's fine, but if you're doing it all the time. That's terrible. And if you're a professional poker player, then you're doing it all the time. Uh, who knows? Who knows where we kind of fall there? Well, Michael Jordan has an interesting theory on it where he essentially says, it's not a problem if I can afford it. Yes. I disagree with that entirely, but... Well, I hey, think that goes uh, against, you know, every, the, the, the exact kind of drug and alcohol argument that I just made. I mean, most yeah. crack addicts can afford crack, that's why they're crack addicts. Uh, yeah, it's not the money that's the problem. <laughs> it's not the but money that is the a problem. Bit it's the fact they're doing crack. Yeah, but I mean, the problem. I mean, I think the problem with, uh, obviously, uh, as a doctor, um, and this is advice, 
the problem with gambling mostly is the money part of it. And the second part is probably the toll it takes on your family of you just being gone all the time. Mm-hmm. The heroin and crack addiction, I feel like, is a lot more physical. And it kind of just ruins your body. Okay, you know, I mean, although you still may possess similar things like being away from your family all the time. Yeah, and, for certainly. Like, that's and, 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 lo- and kind of losing all the but money. I mean, you can be a workaholic and be gone away from your family all the time. Yeah, that's a good make point. lots of money. And not many people are, you know, you'll hear about a gambling addict like throwing his Porsche into the pot because he thinks he's got a good hand. No, no, no you know, I bet heroin addicts well, Cam, and alcoholics that's aren't because throwing you their throw Porsche. The keys, not the Porsche. Ah, see, that was where I tried to forklift a big Porsche onto a little poker table. Um, Why don't you just give the keys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because see, remember when poker was on the rise back in like 2004? It was really on the rise. It wasn't until I inadvertently kind of dropped this Porsche 911 Turbo onto the table that it really kind of uh, suddenly ESPN didn't want it. And it was was back down on ESPN 2 and then 3. And next thing you know, it's not even on the Ocho. You ever been to a, a horse track? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple here, kind of locally, Woodbine, Mohawk. I've been to those. They're pretty fun, eh? If you just go for a night. Yeah, I've been as both a an underager and an overager. As the underager, you know, you are... I think are, that's uh, just of age. You're not overage. Oh, okay. I'm just the age. Um, when, yeah. you know, when you're young, of course, you. Uh, I remember going a couple times. My folks would... Like, I could bet... I think $3 was, like, the minimum bet. And... Uh, yeah, you're like, what, are we trying to rip the bottomless piggy bank? Something here? like that. Yeah, it was like win, place, or show for 3 bucks, and your parents would go up and make the bet uh, for you. And then, you know, you'd hold, you would hold the ticket, and you would feel fun or anything. Never you're win. screaming at the TV. Never win any... Like, Never win any serious money, but Cam, I'm not sure if you've noticed this as a young man going to the track uh, with the particular name like Cameron. So many Canadian horses have the name Cam in their name somehow. One of the like most successful, prosperous Canadian studs ever was named Cam Fella. Cam LeClaire. Oh. Was named Camfella, and of course, as um, when you breed horses, the the new horse kind of has like a combo name between its father and its mother, uh, and to retain the lineage, many Canadian horses to this day still have the name Cam in there somewhere because it is a a relative of uh, one of the winningest horses in kind of in Canadian history. Yeah, I wish my seed was that um, expensive. Yeah, probably cost a lot of money for that uh, for that Cam for that Cam juice. Speaking of naming, um, what do you call it? Naming Horses? conventions. No, oh. like naming animals. Um, our so our dog breeder. I guess dog breeders do the same thing. When you have a purebred, you take like the original name, and then you add it like to the call name, which is like we call Darla Darla. Her full name is, um, what is it? Jade's Ray of Sun. And that's, like, the official call name of her so they can, like, keep track of blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the bridge name is called Jade's. And I thought, oh, that's a nice name. And then I found it. It's an acronym. Jennifer's Adorable Awesome Dogs. Adorable Awesome? That would be J-A-A-S. J-A-A-D-S. Ah, they're using the, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's bad. 
That's I know. bad. I but heard I guess that. I'm like, oh god. I guess that's the type of thing. Yeah, when, if it's a purebred thing, similar to horses, they want to track the lineage. Like I, you know, and I may, th- I think all the dogs, short of the dog that was born when one of our dogs In had wedlock? puppies. Out of, well, totally out of wedlock, but uh, they're, they think they've all been mutts that we've gotten from the SPCA. So, you know, there isn't a, you know, or if there is a previous name, my folks either kept it or tweaked it slightly uh, so that, you know, the dog would still respond. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. We're working on that. She's, I think she's got her name now. She's at, she's at daycare right now. Doggy daycare? Yeah, I just had a lot of work to do today. And, um, How often does she go there? Uh, probably about, we were going about probably once a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 30 bucks for the day or like 20, 25 bucks or something like that. Okay. So for me, it's, I can get a lot more work done when she's not here. And if I do it, maybe like, I'd prefer to do it like once every two weeks, only when Shannon's not here. Because think about it, if you have an office and you have a busy day of meetings, and you have a dog barking out there, and you don't you have to walk every time. It's a it's a pretty big uh, distraction, and you just have up down up down up down up down. So for me, I'm fine with spending a little bit extra money, and she enjoys it a lot. And then she, when she comes home, she'll be exhausted, and um, then yeah, she'll fall asleep for most of the night. And I'm going out tonight, so. Um, That'd be nice if she's tired, so she's not lonely at home. It is really funny to hear that, though, you know, and we've all heard the stories of the uh, pet adoption boom that has occurred in the past year with so many people having so much extra time to spend at home. And it's really funny to hear, you know, you are a part of that. Uh, You know, you're a part of that new pet owner boom. And then immediately, uh, you know... Ah shit! I gotta get some work done. Bring him to doggy daycare. Like I bet the boom of pet ownership. There's probably creeping up right behind it is the boom in doggy daycare ownership. Well, of course, it's just no. It's patent ownership is a leading indicator for how busy those places are gonna be. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same with training facilities. Well, okay. So take it value. like this: if you were working in an office and Shannon She'd had be going there way more. Oh, she would. She wouldn't just be chilling at home? Um, she would some days, but like, you know, say I'd probably come home at lunch, right? And then hang out with her at the day and then or for lunch and go back to the office. If I can't come home for lunch, right? Yeah. That's like an eight hour period. Doggy daycare. Okay. Yeah. Or if someone can be, I mean, Shannon and I work on nice schedules where she can be home some days and other days it's just me here. So. Okay. I mean, I don't know how people did it for a full pandemic with their partner. I think that'd be insane. What do you mean? Just like if both you, I heard stories about some people, and this is probably not that uncommon, where one partner lost their job and they were both living there and then just one person was working at all day and the other person wasn't and they were both home all the time. I feel like that'd be very, there'd just be a lot to deal with one person all the time. I guess so, but I think, Cam, that's part of the uh, sacrifice that we're all making. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I'm glad I don't have to. Right, right. You're Or you're glad, you know, and certainly you have an office that you can be in. I can uh, slam the door and say, <laughs> get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. You can I'm put ma- a little... I'm making calls, baby. Do you have a little, do you have a little, do not, dis- do you have a little do not disturb sign on the, uh, on the outside Ooh, that'd be there? fun. Or you should have a little sign that kind of rotates. It's either like on a call, in a meeting, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, do not disturb, 
open, you know, kind of it gives you a little well, like Sh wheel of selection. Well, Shannon, Shannon knocks and she says, "Is it office hours now?" Then I'll either say yeah or no, and then she's allowed to come in and sit down. Yeah, slips a little piece of paper under the door, like "Wanna talk?" <laughs> just, some, yeah. just something, just something like that. Everything okay? Can I, can, mark I can I schedule a meeting? I'm, I'm sorry. I want to schedule a yeah. meeting. No, that's uh, that's great, Cam. It's glad to hear that you've you know sort of worked out the kinks of um, having this dog, and that you found a doggy daycare <clears throat> that is so close to you. Cam, want to play another game? I love games. Well, let's start playing a little game, shall we? We're going to play another edition of March Madness. It's Cam's game. He, he invented it himself, you know. You take a bunch uh, of... No one, no one has ever heard of this game before. You take a bunch of things, line them all up, and then you see which one wins, Cam. Um, we are fresh on the heels of uh, the Super Bowl... Of course, Tom Brady's record-setting seventh Super Bowl champion. So, okay, Cam, on our... Dude, is he the GOAT? Do you think he's the GOAT? Well, Cam... Every, every news radio show Every ever. news radio show ever, Cam. So, I mean, that's a good question. Is he the GOAT? Is he the GOAT? Well, we're going to play a little March Madness to determine who the greatest GOAT is. We've encompassed a bunch of athletes from a range of different sports. Those who are the most winningest within their sport. And Cam, I want you to, after hearing their accolades, you can determine who is the greatest GOAT. How's that sound? Cool. Sounds so, good. So first off, our first George round. George St. Pierre. Our first round matchup, Cam, we do have, oh, sorry, uh, we're looking at more like, not, not, so these are non-fighting sports, by the way, Cam. Uh, <laughs> um, so we are going to kick off with our first round matchup with the aforementioned pretty boy Tom Brady. He is a seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time regular season champion, one-time NCAA champion, and a 14-time Pro Bowler. That's a heavy list of accolades, more than many players in the league, you know, kind of put together. But he will be taking on Bill Russell, 11-time NBA champion, including eight straight. He's a five-time MVP, a two-time NCAA champion, a 12-time All-Star, and they even named the Finals MVP trophy after him, the Bill O'Russell trophy. What year was he from? Uh, he would have played, I think, 56 to like 71 or 72 or something. Games evolved, brother. Games evolved. Brady. Okay, you're going with Tom Brady, it's, Cam. It's fucking Brady. Well, Cam, I, the guy. well, you know, I mean, uh, I have a feeling like uh, I know where these scales are going to fall for some of these other. Oh, for certainly. Some, for some when of these you're other. Give me uh, like, do you think Dale Howard, Chuck, and his uh, game six performance against the Leafs where he was able to pot six in, I don't remember that game, and I don't care about that game. Well, Cam, if we're talking goats, they're talking championships. I just presented you with an 11-time champion, and you seem to uh, supersede that. Okay, next up in our second first-round matchup, we do okay, have— Okay, I'm going to switch back to Bill Weathers. <laughs> Bill Russell? You already picked yep. it. Brady's going forward. It might have been an upset win in that first round then. Maybe we'll call it. Uh, Cam, in our second first-round matchup, we have Monsieur Henri Richard, the pocket rocket. He is an 11-time NHL champion, including five straight, and he is a nine-time uh, NHL All-Star. Okay, he's taking on—I don't even know if you even heard the man—Yogi Berra. 
The oh, New York Yogi. Yankees standout. He is a 13-time World Series champion, including five straight. He is a three-time MVP and an 18-time All-Star. So, Cam, we got Richard Barra. What are we talking about? Follow-up question for the viewers at home. Obviously, I know the answer. Does Yogi Bear have anything to do with Yogi Berra? That is a good, uh, we'll look into that for, for next week. I bet, which one would have come first? I bet Yogi Berra would have come first. Because I, I don't know. think Yogi was his name either. It was like a nickname uh, that he would have gotten somewhere in the middle there. He probably had a yeah, very what's traditional. Up with players in the 50s never using their real name. Never. Like, never. Or it, it was just like they got a cool little nickname and then they went with it. And. Maybe that's all it was. We should was. do more of that. We should do more of that. We should be calling people by things that... We should be calling more people by things that aren't their actual names. I like that. Yeah, me too. Okay, so the Pocket Rocket with nine. Pocket Rocket has 11. 11. NHL championships, the, including five straight. Yeah. Nine-time All-Star. And Yogi Berra, 13-time World Series champion, including five straight. He's a three-time MVP and an 18-time All-Star. Okay, so Pocket Rocket was facing in the original six... Uh, so he would have been 50s, so I think a little bit later, right? Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about I'm pretty that. pretty sure the 50s was still original six. Okay. Um, pretty limited competition, and on top of that, while he was a nine-time All-Star, um, you know, was he really the star of the league every year? I don't know about that. I think he got a little bit lucky. Now, Yogi Berra, have I watched a game of his? No, <laughs> but... What I have to say is, back in baseball at that time, was it just the NL or the AL, or had they combined? Uh, yeah, well, or first, was it the yeah, well, first World Series was 1902, so yeah, that was this would have been four five decades after uh, the AL and NL came together. Okay, now when was the Negro League? I don't know these numbers off the top of my head, Cam. Uh, this is I'm, the competition is laid out as I've presented it. Fair enough. Okay. Well, we're just trying to get a little history for the fans at home. Obviously, I know the answer to all these questions, but it's like we said, this is about <laughs> for the fans. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, um, I'm gonna go ahead and assume because the NL and AL combined in that time period that it's a lot more impressive to get that many championships because it's more of a marathon kind of game, and you're not playing like it's like winning your um, house league championship versus winning Offsa. There's just a lot more competition at Offsa. Yogi Berra. Yogi! Yogi Berra. It's fantastic. Coming up, we still have two more first-round matchups to deal with. We are talking about the GOATs. We are talking about Serena Williams, a 23-time Grand Slam singles champion with a career record of 851 wins to 147 losses. She is also a four-time Olympic gold medalist who will be taking on None other than Jack Nicholas, an 18-time major champion. Or he's won, sorry, 18 major championships. And this is including 73 tour wins. So this is an interesting one because I think this often happens in women's sport um, in the more recent days. Now this, uh, uh, Cam, I'm, you're already in trouble and you're seven words into this. But I'm going to let you finish. There seems to be a person that advances the sport more rapidly in women's sport than there does in men's. For example, Ronda Rousey blew the sport up because she was more talented and it took a while for the sport to catch up to it. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know enough about tennis to say if that's the sport here, but you do often see this more often in, uh, I'll put it this way, sports that have almost equal attention for men and women. And that would basically be fighting and tennis. Those are really the only two. No one watches the the WNBA. There you go. Some people watch soccer, like women's soccer, but soccer is such an evolved sport that I wouldn't really consider that. Name another woman's sport that like people watch. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, of course, we do have. Um, I think we've mentioned before on the show. We we've always we've Golf, all. I maybe? think I think before we have had our Cassie Campbell versus Haley Wickenheiser debates. <laughs> of, yeah, but like which I've, one we, I've never of, which one, one we of those side in, with? Unless it's the Olympics, right? Yeah. Right. I guess you could say golf is another one, but like still, if you think of the best golf players, no one. I'm not gonna say no one. Households do not know the top women golf players. They know the top women's uh, tennis players: the Serena v- uh, Venus, uh, the Sharapova. Um, there's the Canadian women. I can't remember her name. Doesn't really happen for other sports. So, the next question is: Does the greatest of all time? Is it go across the board for men and women? Yeah, I can. I'm the one asking you the questions because certainly it does, right? Dominance. Sports radio. Do- sports radio is not about questions; it's about discussion. Dominance and competition is dominance and competition. It's not your fault. The field, if, uh, what the field might be. I'm gonna say Serena. There you go. See, there were actually. Uh, yeah, this was a tough one. It was nice. To and see you, Serena you thought I was gonna get myself in hot water there. I did actually think you were gonna get yourself in some pretty goddamn hot water, Cam. So in our in our final first round matchup, we have Michael Phelps. We know who Michael Phelps is. A record 28-time total Olympic gold medal. He has 20, or sorry, Olympic medals. He has 23 gold medals, 39 world records in the swimming, various lengths and strokes and things like that. He also holds 21 Guinness world records. And he will be taking on Lionel Messi. Yeah, because I know you love soccer, Cam. Lionel Messi, six-time the Ballon d'Or winner, MVP, a six-time FIFA Player of the Year, 459 career goals. He has the most goals by a player in a 365-day span, most goals for an individual club, most goals for a country. The list goes on of the most amount of things that he has. The youngest ever MVP. It's, it's too much to encompass. And I'm going to go back to this argument that, like you were saying before, if we're really going to who dominated their field of sport more, yes, Lionel Messi is a very talented player and won numerous accolades, but because it's such a broad, broad field of play, like so many countries play soccer, and swimming, a lot less people. A lot less people do it. A lot less countries are just have the pools, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 39 world records speaks for itself. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps taking that win. There's a funny SNL sketch. I guess he was hosting one week, and the sketch was for, uh, I'll have to send it to you, it was for like the Michael Phelps diet. And it's like, you know, it's, hi, I'm Michael Phelps. If you want to look like me and win at the Olympics, like just eat my diet. And of course, Michael Phelps' diet is 6,000 calories a day. So it's just a bunch of fat people 
eating and they're like, thanks, if I, on the Michael Phelps diet, I will, you know, I'll be lean and trim and in the water in no time. Because uh, I remember hearing one time, like at his prime, he was eating like 7,500 calories a day because he was burning four <laughs> or like 4,000, like, you know, some kind of ridiculous thing like that. God damn. Um, Okay, so we're on to our second round, which is fantastic. So we have pretty boy Tom Brady himself, seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time uh, Super Bowl MVP, taking on Yogi Berra, 13-time World Series champion, including five straight. He's a three-time MVP and an 18-time All-Star. So I think this one goes... Um, I'm going to give this one to the sport which I believe is more difficult to be the champion at. While American football does have a very difficult road to get to become the greatest of all time, baseball, in my opinion, because it had so many more like countries involved with it, maybe not at that time. Actually, I don't really know at that time at all. I'm giving it to Yogi. Whoa, more championships. The too. upset! The upset round. Wow. Yogi Berra taking home. Of course, he does have uh, six more championships than Brady. He does have the same amount of MVPs, and he is a four he has four more all-star appearances under his belt. So I mean you're looking at the num you're looking at the uh, the accolades, and it stands to believe that Yogi Berra would beat out Tom Brady, our second uh matchup here um we have serena williams taking on michael phelps serena williams 23 time grand slam singles champion the grand slams are your wimbledons your u.s open the australian open uh, and like a third fourth one or something you know the big ones the big ones that you're going to be watching on tv and of course she's taking on michael phelps who has a all-time record of 28 total olympic medals so while we were chatting i pulled up a little infographic of michael phelps and i think this solidified the argument for me do you keep track of your heart rate at all no i have um jess has like a smart watch that i've sometimes if i'm like going for a spin on her bike i'll keep that on and just kind of see but uh i don't track like my resting heart rate or anything so right now my resting is at 55 and the lowest i've seen is around 50 his 38. Ooh, baby. Jesus Christ. And he um, <laughs> incredible, right? Incredible. Now, also says he can do 30 full 34 pull-ups in a row. I bet. I bet. That's a lot, I man. bet he's fucking jacked. How many do you can do in a row? Um, I don't at think at your best, at your best. Yeah, it was about like this time last year probably, you know, cuz the gym was still open. We don't have a pull-up bar here, and although we have been still doing back exercises, you know, nothing beats fucking pull-ups just fucking pull-ups um i think like my most was 10 like in that first set uh and then maybe you know in my second set i may have to dip down to eight and then maybe eight again but i think i could in my yeah i could do 10 in a row i could probably maybe hit 12 i think i remember being able to hit 12 yeah like when you do them a lot you get pretty good at them yeah and then his other stat is he could squat 385 pounds, but I've actually squatted more than that, so I'm not going to take that as that. Competitive. You know, swimming, one of the squat-heavy sports, as we, as we all know, uh, you really need to push yourself off the diving board to get in there. <laughs> yeah, I just find that's like an interesting like thing they put in, like, could squat 385. I'm like, eh, it's not I that like, I guess much. If you don't, I guess if you don't really know weight, you know, you're like, that seems like a lot of weight. Yeah. But if you're like, like, 
if I talk to people who lift, I'm like, I squatted 420-something. I think it was like 425. They'd be like, that's good. But that's like, that's that's not like holy fucking shit. That's like, that's good. That's a good weight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not like, yeah, but you are six foot tall, Cam. Like, you know, you probably could have got to 500 if you really pushed yourself. Well, easy there, Cam. You're, 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 don't go around calling yourself a six foot man. Ah, right, all right. Ah, you can't, you can't, be, can't, you can't, you can't get that past me on, can't get that one past me. All right. Anyway, uh, back to our discussion. Phelps, he has it. Good stuff. Michael Phelps going on. So we have our final round matchup. What it's all been waiting for, the GOAT of the GOATs. We have Yogi Berra, the 13-time World Series champion, including five straight, three MVPs, an 18-time All-Star, taking on the man who we were just saying so much about, Michael Phelps, 28 total Olympic medals, 39 separate world records in swimming. I mean, I think it just has to go to the field of play. Were you the best at it? And while there's still people out there saying that, dude, Bryce Harper, guy's a killer, right? Dude, have you seen CC's slider? I heard it's got a 91 out there. I hear CC could throw a 92-mile-per-hour slider. That's just me. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Point is, that debate is still raging. No one's asking questions about who the best swimmer in the world was. Michael Phelps with 38 beats per minute. 28 golds standing at six foot four with a six foot seven wingspan He's a freak. worth 55 He's a million freak. dollars training 70,000 meters per week and going to five different Olympic games the champion of championships the goat of goats squatting 385 pounds that's it Michael Phelps Michael Phelps Wow, uh, completely deserved. We haven't seen dominance in sport um, ever, ever, Cam. And you know what? I'm glad that we could. I could kind of. I was trying to compile this list mainly because in the post Brady wake, everyone talks about championships. Everyone talks about championships. Uh, so I thought it'd be great to, you know, kind of get the winningest people out there. Um, yeah, will Mike Trout go down as being one of the best? Yeah, will he ever win? Literally, probably not. So what the? F it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that ring. You know that. Um, and uh, yeah, this is another fantastic round. Love it. I had. Uh, uh, great, I great had. Team. I really like that one. I had Bill Russell and Michael Phelps in my final. Uh, in my final round, um, with Bill Russell slightly edging out Michael Phelps, but these are all incredibly um, incredible athletes all throughout. Um, yeah, and I can't wait until, uh, you know, the next goat that we experience, you know? It's gonna be me, promise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keep an eye out, folks. Keep an eye out, folks. There you have it. All right. Well, I think, uh, it's about time for us to get into a final game of the evening. Headline, 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 where we compile the news from the world to figure out What's truth and what lies? What lies can we spin to each other, Cam? That's right, everyone. It's headline or ass signing. Hey, 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 headline or ass hey, 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 Introduction there, Cam. Headline Rass 9. Uh, juicy 3D printed steaks are now on the menu. Which menus? Um, 
God, juicy 3D printed steaks. I didn't know that you could make food yet 3D printed. And I doubt it's actually a type of animal byproduct, probably some kind of tofu or something like that. But I think people are getting crazy enough, and there's probably one restaurant that's selling them for like, you know, $80 a pound or something like that. I'm going to say this is a headline out of America. Cam, this is a headline. I love how you begin your your thought process of this can't be possible, but then you talk yourself into resolving a way in which it is possible because, Cam, this is a headline, and this is actually a story coming... This is actually a story coming out of Israel, where a startup there is hoping to jump onto the exploding market of meat alternatives. Of course, you know, uh, the, the company came up with this idea as a result of the growing sensitivity to the environmental and ethical impacts of industrial animal culture, agriculture, and vegans who just don't want to give up on some of their famous our favorite flavors uh so this is actually from a company called aleph farms who just last week unveiled their first ever lab grown ribeye steak using their proprietary bioprinting process which they believe will eventually be able to recreate any cut of meat of course this stemmed off of a similar bioprinting technology which the company uses and can hope that can one day recreate actual real organs for organ transplants um of course it's all held under wraps it's proprietary you know without giving us too many details the company says that they have created a process that acts similarly to a natural vascular system helping nutrients across thicker sections of tissue during growth and maintaining a natural shape and structure after cooking there's some videos online of this slab of meat being cooked, and if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. It uh, it looks pretty legit. Um, it'll probably be a few years until we're, we've given the opportunity to taste one, but that's all I got. Oh, uh, very very good. I'm I'm impressed that we're getting to a point in the world where we can do this kind of shit. Um, maybe it's not going to be on my menu tomorrow, but hey, maybe one day. One day. Hey, let's let's hear another headline. Four men get mouth ulcers after eating 30 kilograms of oranges to avoid paying extra baggage. God, how do you get an ulcer? I guess is that too much vitamin C or something? And how much do you like C? And now this this is a great headline for me, Cam, because I do not like oranges. I don't like oranges. I don't like clementines. I don't like tangerines. I don't like you have to work so much for it. I don't like that uh, the little stringy bits get all stuck in my teeth. There's a lot about this that I actually don't like. So if I was in a situation where someone was forcing me to eat 30 pounds of oranges, I'd fuck that. Kilograms. Kilograms. 30 kilograms. Jesus Christ. No wonder. I think if you eat 30 kilograms of anything, you're going to get an ulcer. Or at least something fucked up's going to happen with you. Um, How much would you like oranges? Would somebody be so stupid? Uh, Would you use the word ulcer? Uh, probably not. That's a headline. That is a headline out of China where four men were bringing home a pack of oranges that were worth, no, I have the conversion here. It was 30 kilograms worth 51, which have converted to $9 during their business trip. So they didn't realize you had to pay a fee on the way back. And that was actually worth 300 won which equates to $58 in fees. So you're basically looking at $58 to get it back, only $9 to buy it there. And they decided, 
hey, let's decide, let's eat these things as fast as we can. I don't know why they decided that and did it in under 30 minutes to finish the box. Wow. Yeah. And they just got, like, I think the word ulcers in there just kind of means, like, cankers. Right. Because, obviously, if you have that much sugar going into your mouth at one time, it's going to create a bunch of canker sores. Anyway, headline. And maybe these guys learnt their lesson the orange way. Back to you, Cam. Uh, that's not, that wasn't even a segue. That, uh, Cam, I got another one here for you. Headliner Ass9, marijuana dispensary offering a free joint for proof of COVID vaccine. Uh, marijuana dispensary. Yeah, I can see them doing that. I think everyone's trying to get on that hype train right now. Of how can I? How can I make? I mean, I think it's just a great idea. How can I make money off of news? right mm-hmm. make a news headline that's and no one wants to buy one joint it's like get a free drink right it's free international free coffee day who's going for a coffee a lot of people but a lot of people are gonna be like ah while i'm here i'll grab a burger right ah while i'm here i'll grab a chicken something so you grab the joint with the vaccine it's on a few gummies too right the joint's cheap they're probably like half grams <laughs> so it just gets people in the store right cost of customer acquisition that's what we're looking at keep it at that $5 mark and get a lot more business from it. Headline. Cam, this is a headline. It's a story out of Wallet Lake, Michigan, where a dispensary called The Greenhouse is offering a free pre-roll to anyone who can prove they've got the COVID vaccine. All you got to do is show up with your little piece of paper that says you got it. You know, the owners of the store said that everyone, of course, everyone's been stressed out all year and they would like to reward the people who are conscious enough to get the vaccine. Even, and they believe even if this promotion influences one person to get the vaccine, that, and then it will all be worth it. Um, the promotion, which they have called pot for shots. Um, expires at the end of February. However, um, there has been a an extensive positive support of um, of this, and they've they've given away many many joints to many different people. So ownership may um, a- extend uh, this offer, but if not, it does end uh, at the end of the month. So you might want to get in there. Good to know, uh, all you Michigan fellows. Well, in Michigan, hey, well in Michigan. Lots of viewers down there. Headline Rasnine Cam. DoorDash spends $5.5 million to advertise their $1 million donation. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like something greasy that a company would do. Um, yeah, shit like uh, things like this always. Uh, I love it. You know, um, it's when people do the things, and oh man, what that that the um, acts of them doing nice things. I hate. There's a current trend of videos, and I'm sure it's something that stemmed from TikTok. But what it is, it's like people will film themselves doing an action. But like with their rear camera. So it's like they're filming from like what their face's point of view would be and then watching them do all the stuff, you know, and it may and it may be an act of kindness, you know, uh, don't, you know, kind of giving money to a homeless man or or woman or, you know, giving somebody food and something like that. But it's this thing of like people are walking around surely making sure that their camera is capturing the nice action that is happening uh that type of shit happens all the time it fucking infuriates me mainly because like it's objectively things are easier with two hands objectively 
it's easier to do something with two hands than one. So the fact that you're holding your phone with one hand and then trying to perform the action with the second just seems counterproductive to actually, you know, the nice thing that you're trying to do. Uh, DoorDash, though, they're Canadian, right? I think. Never used them. That's a headline. That is a headline, and it's the equivalent of uh, if you picked up garbage, didn't take a picture. Is the garbage still there? Um, anyway, yeah, so this is you know pretty much self-explanatory. They ran an ad during the Super Bowl using Sesame Street, basically saying, thank you so much for helping us raise $1 million with your help because they actually didn't do it. They raised the money because they got a way of like, we'll donate $1 if you do, you know, if you do blah, 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 blah. So anyway, it's just a great example of doing things not because you're good, but because you want people to actually see it. So uh, when asked for a comment from the VP of charity, they said they couldn't comment because they were spent. Back to you, Cam. Oh, God. I hope there's a third good segue after your final headline. Uh, Cam, <laughs> I've got one more here for you. Hi or no hi U.S. official expert on marijuana testifies under oath that smoking marijuana turned him into a bat. I think if I'm going to assume anything, this person is going based off the plea of insanity. <laughs> and just they're just like, just say crazy shit up there. Just go for it. And, you know, no one's going to take you seriously and eventually they'll get off that way. Uh, otherwise it's some weird construed way of saying it's like it made me a bat because I felt like I was flying so high and just, you know a little bit of a bullshit headline but I'm gonna go ahead and call asinine on this one Cam this is a headline here for you it's an old headline it was just funny, and I thought I'd bring it up. It's an old headline. It comes from the mouth of Dr. James Munch, who was the U.S. government's official on marijuana between the years of 1938 and 1962. Uh, he was also um, the professor of uh, the lead professor of pharmacology at Temple University. Um, this was a trial that occurred in the mid-60s when it came to uh, issues of uh, defining, um, you know, the legislation on uh, the illegality of cannabis versus the legality of it all. Um, he even, uh, he refused to even call it legal cannabis because he believed that calling it that would confuse Americans and threaten their core values. In his publishings, he would routinely claim that marijuana amongst m young users uh, created a Addiction, insanity, criminality, and even death. And he was one time quoted saying that marijuana was silently assassinating our youth. Um, amongst his research, he did claim that he, try, he that he did try marijuana for scientific purposes during the trial. This is exactly what he said: "Quote: After two puffs on a marijuana cigarette, I was turned into a bat. I flew around the room and down a 200 foot deep inkwell." This is uh, this is the word. This is a court document of what he quote. said. This is a direct Kangaroo quote. Court. Kangaroo court, of course. Later on in the in this marijuana trial, um, the defense actually removed Munch uh, from being one of their kind of you know special witnesses or anything because the defense believed that he wasn't actually helping their case um, in trying to regulate marijuana. They thought what he was saying, um, you know, so pretty much his recount of marijuana was so unbelievable. The defense thought that he would actually ruin their case, so they uh, they kind of they kind of kicked him off. 
the official uh, the official note. But uh, you know, I mean, that was what sixty years ago. Shit's changed. Yeah, I'm glad things have evolved since then. Hey, headliner asking, Ohio or no Ohio? Local Chinatown lobbies to have ban on forks. <laughs> oh God, this is a funny one. Um, a ban, a complete ban on forks. Uh, yeah, well, if you want to talk about threatening core values, you know, um, nothing is more a core value to what you know the American life than the fork and knife. Uh, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, you know, um, you're in the field all day plowing, you know, of course you're using, you know, with a, you know, digging with a shovel, you know, you're not plowing 40 acres with a couple of pool cues, hold for applause. Um, but banning forks in an entire area, like there's people who just don't like the, uh, the chopsticks. Some people can't do it. Some people, you're like, I want to do chopsticks, but like when I'm doing, when I'm eating rice, I really need to use the fork. It's not that they're, uh, looking down on your culture or anything like that. It's just that they fucking can't and give them a break. I'm already giving you twelve and a half dollars for your shitty Chinese food. The least you can do is toss me a little fucking four pronged silverware. Come on. It's nothing to you. Uh, I'm going to say this is asinine. Man, you read me like a book. Read you like a book. Game of Thrones, book two, Clash of Kings, still going. Uh, and I think that about wraps up all the time that we have for this week's podcast. Man, it was just action packed this week. It certainly feels like. Action Jackson, baby. Feels action packed, folks. Thank you for listening to everything. Remember, you can rate, review, like, and subscribe. The podcast is everywhere, so give us a good review. You can reach out to us at two season upon at gmail.com. Uh, let us, do you want, you know, you want to apply to be an intern? Do you have a product you want sold? A service that you want sold? Who knows? You could even creep your way into an episode of Two Season A Pod, maybe even next week. Hey, send us your voice notes too. Okay, everyone. Well, uh, pleasure being on here. Make sure to like, share, and I already did that. Tell one friend. I already did that. That's all we got. Already do. did that. <laughs> you you don't need to reiterate do. the uh, like, share, Wait, subscribe. Well, okay, one. This is episode we, we fifty-eight. We gotta figure this we out. Gotta, please share with. Oh, what was that? Please share with one person. And never forget, everyone. When you're feeling old, decrepit, just remember, there is one species of jellyfish that is immortal. We'll talk later. Take care, folks. Signing off. Cam LeClaire. Continuing tonight on two season of pop. 96.7 on your Two season a pod, 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 two season a pod,